Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, February 20th. Encourage others in their efforts to improve themselves. But remember, they don't owe it to you to be better than they are. That debt is one they owe only to themselves. Whoa, this is a very, very interesting and incredible, incredible repercussions of this. How often when somebody does something that we don't like, we feel somehow they have done something to us. You know, and, and, well, let me just phrase it like this. Multitudes of relationships have been destroyed with that simple thought. You know, that you're supposed to be different than you are. And if you really loved me, you would do this. This very, very, very dangerous thoughts. And when a person doesn't live up to what you have told them they need to live up to, then they have betrayed you betrayed my trust. I trusted you. I trusted you to be somebody other than you actually are, and now you've proven to be who you actually are, and I feel betrayed by that. And it just, I, I'm not exaggerating this. I've seen it countless times. It happens tremendously in, in romantic relationships, especially these days, and I'll just say it very frankly, where sexuality enters the picture right away, just bingo, we've got that. So now we're exchanging a lot of sexual energy, which gives the impression of intimacy and commitment with people that we barely know. And then time passes, the character is revealed, and one or the other feels somehow they have, that some kind of a promise has been made. But what's really happened is you've just found out who you're with. And I've had people come to me and they're just like, you know, six months into it, a year into it, and they're acting as if this person promised me something, but he didn't promise you anything, or she didn't promise you anything. She just exists. And now enough time has happened, and enough circumstances have happened, and the, the intimacy, which is true, of sexual connection has become um, part of your life, the, uh, the revelation of that is not the same. It can still be vibrant, but it's not the same revelation. And the rest of the character is beginning to come forward. And, and people will say to me, I feel betrayed. No, actually, <laughs> you aren't betrayed. You've just become acquainted. I'm not even passing judgment. I am just observing the scene. I don't have opinions about what people should do. People need to live their lives. But we have to also be sensible. And also, we have to be very careful about what we promise people you know, in the name of loving them or in the name of not wanting to disappoint them. This also happens between parents and children a great deal. It happens between life partners. It happens between parents and children. The, the parents set up an expectation of the child, and the child either doesn't want to or isn't able to meet it. And then there's this, again, this great sense of shame and guilt and then betrayal. And it happens also in um, mentor and student relationships where, you know, why are you not respecting what I tell you? Swami Kriyananda was extremely exact, both in the way he behaved and in the way 
he trained those of us who had were in positions of influence in regard to other people. He said, people don't owe it to you to take your advice. Swamiji said, I never think that people should take my advice. He said, in fact, I feel honored if they take my advice. You know, I feel honored. It, it's a privilege to serve is what he means. I feel honored by God if I've been able to be of help to someone. I don't feel that they have disrespected me if they didn't take my advice. They would take the advice if it seemed helpful to them. They would take the advice if they were capable of taking the advice. And as a consequence of that attitude also, Swamiji was very, very, very careful in what he said. He was very careful to not demand, but only to respond when he saw that the inclination was already there. I had a, a, a friends of mine, or it was I who had an experience with him where he was asking something of me that was very valid, but as it turned out, I really couldn't do it. It just, I didn't have, I just wasn't able. He was suggesting that I rise to a certain challenge and I couldn't. And I said to him, sir, I need to be sincere with you. I understand why you asked that of me, but I'm really not able to do it. So I just sort of laughed, actually. He said, well, so much for theory. He said, let's deal with reality. And then he just immediately gave me an alternate suggestion, which I was able to embrace. It was like, there was no sense of even disappointment. It was just, okay, that's who we're working with. Now let's see what, I, what else I can do to be helpful. And it was, I, I did respect his advice sufficiently that I didn't want to be hypocritical with him but I couldn't do it. I remember in another context, I was urging a certain kind of behavior on someone because I, <clears throat> uh, I myself have had to learn this very slowly. And I was urging someone close to me to do something that I thought they needed to do. And I really do not know how Swami got involved in it, but somehow or another, he heard about it. And I said, well, sir, don't you think it would be good for that person if they did do follow the advice that I'm giving? Swami said, oh yes, of course. <laughs> He said, but they have to come to it on their own. Oh, oh yeah. Just because I think it's a good idea, just because I think it's a priority, it doesn't mean that it resonates with that person at all. And that was Swamiji's genius, is that he would, he knew what would resonate with you. And there's always a, a way forward. Wherever you're standing, there's always a way to go toward your ultimate goal. But there's many ways to go toward your ultimate goal, and you need to find that which is accessible and is a priority and makes sense to the person in front of you. And, and, so, and the other part of it is, too, um, they don't owe it to you to be better than they are. And also, you can't ask people. It's not fair to ask people um, for a commitment that they themselves are not able to keep. And when, in the incident that I described with Swami between theory and reality, he was, he, he was testing me. He was sort of, can you rise to this? And it was very helpful to me that he put that in front of me. And it was very instructive to me when I had to honestly accept that I couldn't do it. You know, sometimes Swamiji was very subtle. Sometimes, well, I'll give you an example that was actually very interesting. Sometimes he would ask something of you because he needed you to become more authentic about who you, are, who you were, which is partly what he was asking me. But there was this one situation where um, uh, this woman had the idea in her mind that I'm a spiritual person, therefore I should be a nun. But in fact, she was in love with this man. 
And she just couldn't bring herself to admit that she was in love with this man. She kept talking about entering the convent. So Swami said, you should enter the convent. Okay? Because when he actually said, you should enter the convent, she said, no, no, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> but until it was really came to a, a real loggerheads, she couldn't bring herself to really say what she really, really felt. She just was floating in a sea of confusion like this. And I wouldn't have had the nerve to take that risk, honestly. But Swamiji knew what he was doing. And I, on other occasions, actually, he did the same with me. When I was struggling to write, when I was at my first round of trying to write the book called Lightbearer, which I, I published in 2019, this was back in about 2003, and I was trying to write that book. I wasn't able to write that book, and I eventually wrote a book called Swami Kriyananda's We Have Known Him, which is not a biography, but is a collection of personal experiences with Swami Kriyananda by, from me and many others. I wrote them all, but they're not all my experiences. And it was a much easier book to write. I could get my head around that one. This one took me another 10 years before I was able to really get to it. But I was struggling even to write that book. And so Swamiji said to me, this looks like it's not going to work. I think you should quit. That's what he said to me. And when he said, I should quit, he said, it's a non-starter. You should just give it up. And, and he said that to me, and I thought about it. I, I think I answered him immediately. But I said, no, I have something to say, and I'm going to say it like that. But it was interesting because it was also a turning point for me because he, he basically took where I was going and then just finished it for me, like he did with the woman who kept you know, thinking she should be a nun. He just took where she was going and he finished it for her. And when he forced her to really look at what she was saying, she realized that wasn't what she wanted to say. He did the same with me. He forced me to look at what I was implying, and as soon as he said it, I changed my mind. But it was I who changed my mind. It was not, I wasn't doing it because he told me. I was doing it because I had something to say. And actually, prior to that time, to a certain extent, I was just trying to write the book because he had asked me to. I, and I think now that I think about it, and I haven't really put my mind to it until just now, I think that was the transition point. It was no longer an assignment from him. It was my own commitment to it. You know, and that's really different. And I didn't owe it to him anymore. <laughs> but he, this is what he's trying to say when we, when we talk to people. What we have to, we have to think about is awakening their free will commitment. And part of that is just, you're not part of the equation. You may be able to offer people a good idea at a good moment. You know, there, there are times when we actually do say something to someone and it's a turning point. They really do get something from us and they make a commitment to something maybe that they've been reaching for and you get to be part of that. But all that you've been part of is that you just happen to give, give voice to a reality that's right on the cusp for them. And that was what Swami said to me when, don't you think it would be better if this person actually changed in the way I want them to? Yes, of course. But they have to come to it themselves. So that's how we have to be thinking. How can I help this person see it for himself or for herself? Not how can I clarify it so much that they'll do it because I said it. And it's much easier to, to, to um, 
use your, your willpower to force people to behave. It's much harder to help them come to realizations themselves. And, and it takes infinitely more patience to be able to just be with people until it's clear to them. And of course, we, we never learn anything really from being told. We might, we might discipline ourselves, might discipline our behavior because someone said we should, but if it's just we're doing it because someone said we should without a wholehearted commitment to that or without a real understanding of why that was being asked of us. It's, it's even, uh, you know, my theory and reality, I understood why Swami what wanted me to do what he wanted to do, but I didn't really resonate with it. It was purely intellectual. You know, it was just, it was a long time before I was able to resonate with it, and it was helpful that he presented it to me. But it just, it wasn't me. That's all. It just wasn't me. And, and it, it's a, there's a lot of mutual respect involved here. And what we're also helping people to do is to be unafraid of who they are. You know, to encourage someone and not have them feel that I have to do it for you or I've disappointed you, but just this is who I'm trying to be. You know, parents raising children, it's very tricky. It's very tricky to really both encourage, support, inspire, and also relate to really what's right in front of you. I've never raised children, so I can't speak to it except on the dimmest theoretical level. But I've watched a lot of parents and children, and I have interesting multi-generational friendships so that I will hear it from the, from the younger generation's point of view, and then I'll hear it from the adult point of view. <laughs> I was amused when uh, the older generation was talking about all these traditional values that they had lived by and they were raising their children in. And then the same person talked about the fact that she was an executive and, and she was mentoring a generation that was just about the same as her children, or just a that was just a little bit older. She was talking to me about the values of the generation she was mentoring and how different those values were from herself. And yet she expected her children to grow up just like her. <laughs> and I gently, in a slightly humorous way, pointed that out to her. <laughs> and fortunately she was broad-minded enough to see the contradiction and that it might be wise for her to to regard her children a little bit more the way she re regarded the people in her own company. Because her children were going to become the people in her company. That was just the way they were working. And uh, it's a different world. Who, who am I really working with? And what is the world they're coming into? And how can I find out what you're trying to accomplish? This is how Swami put it to me. Find out what, what that person is trying to accomplish and then try to help them accomplish it. Now, of course, you don't want to support people if they're really, you know, just destroying themselves. But even still, even somebody who's destroying himself, what is he really trying to accomplish? And how can I help him find the best way to accomplish it? Just that very simple question. Who are you and what are you trying to do? And how can I help you be the highest octave of where you're trying to go? It just completely changes the relationship, which also gives you much more influence than when it's always being imposed from outside. So, Swami says, encourage others in their efforts to improve themselves, but remember they don't owe it to you to be better than they are. That debt is one that they owe only to themselves.
God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.